Hello and welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending June 3rd, 2022. I'm Greg Coffey and today I'm joined by Director of Investment Strategy, Shay Shatria. Hey Shay, how are you? I'm good, how are you Greg? Doing well. Well, there's a few things I think our listeners would be interested in getting your insights for uh, this week. One, the Bank of Canada raised interest rates, so definitely want to get your insights on that. Uh, we continue to have Eurozone inflation readings that were a bit on the high side. And then maybe let's start, though, with the PMI readings that came out um, from China and the U.S. and so what that might mean for future growth expectations. Yeah, no, sounds great. Um, and, and what's interesting, so equity markets are trending higher this week, and perhaps some of the, the ISM reports that came out both in China and the U.S. are, are perhaps supporting uh, equity markets this week. So let's start with the U.S., the ISM manufacturing PMI a measure of business activity uh, in the U.S. It rose to 56.1 in May from 55.4 in April, and it was also a bit above consensus estimates. Now, recall that with the PMIs, anything above 50 would indicate business activity is expanding and below 50 indicates contraction. So at above 55, the ISM continues to project a decent growth outlook for the U.S. economy. Now, we will get another read on the economy, uh, on the U.S. economy and the labor market um, this Friday with the payroll report. But as we are recording this late on Thursday, the initial jobless claims report for the week uh, edged down to 200,000 from 211,000 and continues to suggest a pretty tight labor market in the U.S. Now, switching to China, which is in a very different position than the U.S., uh, due to its zero COVID approach and restrictive lockdowns, the Chinese economy has been struggling. But there were some positive developments this week, um, starting with the NBS manufacturing PMI. It increased to 49.6 in May from 47.4 in April and suggests that the pace of contraction is easing. Now, policymakers have also uh, announced several measures to boost the Chinese economy, such as tax rebates, uh, subsidies to encourage consumption, and notably spending uh, targeting infrastructure. In all, based on our research providers, additional stimulus on top of what had already been announced um, amounts to about 1.5% of GDP. So at this point, the announced stimulus measures continue to be uh, measured in scope, but policy is incrementally uh, loosening to promote uh, growth in China. Great. Well, thank you for those insights. Um, shifting gears maybe just a little bit, the Bank of Canada raised short-term interest rates by 50 basis points this week. What is the Bank of Canada's expectations for the path of future interest rates moving forward? Yeah, sure. It is interesting. Uh, that's for sure in Canada. So as you, as you indicated, the BOC raised uh, its target rate by 50 basis points. So taking the overnight rate to one and a half percent, the move was in line with expectations. But what attracted a lot of attention uh, from the policy statement was a new line that indicated that the BOC was prepared to act more forcefully if needed to achieve its two percent inflation target. Now, moreover, Deputy Governor Boudreau uh, also delivered a speech where he suggested that the policy rate may need to rise to the upper end or above the neutral range uh, to balance supply and demand. So in other words, potentially raising the policy rate above 3% is now within uh, its scope of outcomes. These were clearly hawkish signals from the BOC, leading some to interpret that a 75 basis point move at the next meeting is under consideration. Now we believe that that would be an extremely aggressive amount to do in one shot. But the BOC is demonstrating its willingness to act. We believe that the less disruptive approach would be another 50 basis point move uh, at its next policy uh, meeting in July. What keeps us cautious regarding the future rate hikes is that the richly valued housing market is showing signs of meaningful uh, deceleration. It's clearly going to be a balancing act for the BOC, but the housing fundamentals will likely be front and center in their decision making. 
Great, yes. We'll continue to watch all central banks around the globe and their actions very closely over the next coming couple of quarters. Um, on the topic of raising rates and how that might relate to inflation, we had a, a reading come from, the, from the Eurozone come out on inflation, and inflation continues to run probably a little bit hotter than expected. Can you give us your insights on what those Eurozone inflation readings look like and maybe the path moving forward? Yeah, for sure. So Eurozone inflation hit a new record high of 8.1% in May, up from 7.4% in April while core inflation, which strips out food and energy, rose to 3.8% from 3.5%. So both were above consensus estimates. Uh, energy prices, particularly natural gas in Europe, have been painfully high relative to history due to the war in Ukraine and contribute to the headline surge. However, core inflation is also picking up and reflects broadening uh, inflation trends. Now, complicating the broader inflation, uh, inflation and growth outlook further was the announcement this week from the EU of plans to embargo seaborne oil imports from Russia by the end of the year. A notable exclusion was oil imports via pipelines, mostly to appease landlocked countries like Hungary, which heavily rely on Russia for its oil. But what's important to note is that the ban doesn't take effect overnight, and so that there is a bit of a time to adjust, but the path forward for Europe is clearly complicated by the war and its effects on inflation and growth. Well, that's all we have time for today. Shay, thank you very much for your insights. And to all of our listeners, thanks for watching and enjoy the weekend.